This is episode 169 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Bob's Get It Right From The Beginning and Why Do Active Shooters Succeed? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, welcome to the Monday Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had some time to uh, rest, relax, and get some preparedness items uh, checked off your list. Uh, A couple of things really quick. Um, The forest fires in California are still raging, and there's no end in sight. Uh, Right now they're saying they're reporting 40 dead and 400 plus missing and so uh, that's, that's a terrible situation you know uh, on the way home from church you know I record uh, always the night before and so on the way f- uh, home from church I always listen to John Haller's prophecy update it usually comes up uh, on YouTube by the time we're leaving church and um, we're just listening to it he's you know, a lot of people are saying with all the things I mean these are like uh, these actually he he re- he responded to the uh, or reflected on some of the pictures that he saw from the from the fire as apocalyptic, right? And I, I talked about that earlier in the in the week last week that uh, man, these scenes were, were were crazy. But there's a lot of people asking the questions, and you might have you might be asking that too. Is like, hey, what uh, what's going on? Because you have all these things that are unprecedented, right? Um, it's, it's, you have hurricanes that are out of control. You have fires that are out of control. You have just craziness all over the place, right? And so it is uh, definitely a crazy time, a time to be aware and, and be paying attention. And one of the things that I saw on Twitter before I got on was uh, it looks like Iraq is going into uh, to, to the Kurds, right? Uh, to the oil-rich Kurdish city of Kirkuk. And um, you know, the, the Kurds had recently voted to uh, to declare their independence, which is going to be a problem because uh, Turkey doesn't want that and Iraq doesn't want that. They're the biggest uh, people group without a country in the world, uh, which is kind of crazy. And so, you know, uh, they want a little bit of independence as well. You still have the thing with Spain. Uh, as I'm talking right now, I think time is running out for the, the Spanish government has given uh, Catalonia an ultimatum. And so we're going to see what's going to happen over there. And so just uh, like always, there's a lot of crazy things going on. Hey, I'm excited because this week, uh, this weekend, I worked really hard to finally get up. Uh, I've been talking about it, that project that uh, I've, been, I've been working on. And so if, uh, if uh, you've been on the website or even on, on any of my websites, they're all kind of filtering to this one, to this one situation here. But I created a, a link bomb. Uh, I, I call them link bombs. They're just, uh, it is called... Uh, uh, a kit link bomb, right? Uh, so I have a garden link, gardening link bomb uh, on Edit Matters. I also have like a mini hurricane link bomb, but this one is a kit link bomb, and I've entitled it "What Do I Put in My Survival Kit?" I went through Prepper Websites archives. Uh, you can go to it, you know, you can get to the tag cloud by going on the right hand uh, corner, right top corner. Uh, there's a little drop down menu, and if you will go to uh, uh, research prepper prepping topics and you click on that it'll take you to the tag cloud and you can just see you know, everything that we've ever posted on prepper website it's linked uh, you know by a tag and so I went and I looked at all the kits and uh, all the articles that, that deal with kits 
and I put them together in one on one page. So uh, there's uh, links to everyday carry, there's links to get home bags, there's links to bug out bags, and there's links to I'm never coming home bags or inch bags. And so uh, I have that over at the Prepper website podcast.com slash kits hyphen link bomb or link hyphen bomb. I guess I should have made that a little bit easier, just like kits, right? I should have made it that way. Uh, but it's right on the front page. So you can go to uh, the Prepper website podcast and click on what do I put in my survival kit and it'll take you right to that page. Uh, I'm also going to link to that in the show notes. So uh, if you have get the show notes in your podcast catcher, you'll be able to link straight to it. But here's the other thing. The other cool thing that I was really excited about is I asked some friends in the preparedness community, I asked nine friends to share what's their top seven items, right? And so I have some, uh, you know, I put all that together in two, two uh, pages of PDFs where uh, popular names out there that you will recognize, it's like, hey, what, do you, what, are, you, what are your top, well, first of all, tell me what kit uh, you know that you're that you're talking about, and so if it's a get home bag or an EDC or or whatever a bob a, a bug out bag, so they tell me that. And I said, like, what's your number one, like your top number one item, right? That's what I want to know. And so they gave me their top one item, and then they gave me the other items, right, in no particular order. Um, and I and I kind of put it, put that all together in one PDF, and that's free for you over on that page if you get to it. And I actually have a bunch of links to uh, to that free PDF, so you'll be able to. I mean, there's no way that you can either come to Prepper website or the Prepper web, website podcast or Ed that matters. You'll hit it. I've got I've got uh, graphics all over the place, and so I made it really really easy for people to get that PDF. But you're definitely going to want to come to this Kit Link Bomb page. Um, and I'm going to warn you, there's a lot of information here. So you don't want to, uh, there's no way that you're going to be able to sit down in one sitting and go through this. I mean, you'd spend hours here. What you want to do is come and you want to check it out and, uh, you know, visit it and then, hey, come back to it and uh, maybe do a little bit of research and all that good stuff. I'm going to try to keep that updated. So from time to time when, when I find uh, new articles that I think are, you know, really good on uh, yeah, and I, you know we linked to really great articles on Prepper website, but I'm looking for the really, um, you know, the the best of the best type ones. I'm going to link to them there, and to to make it easy for people to go ahead and and do a little bit of research on what kind of things they should have in their kits. Now here I want to I want to preface all of that, right? I should preface all of that by saying this: you never ever want to get someone's list for their kit and then replicate that. Because everybody has their own situation, everybody has their own experiences and, and, and circumstances, and your kit, whatever it might be, whether it's a bug out bag, EDC, whether it's a get home bag, or you're never coming home bag, right? Um, you never just want to get somebody's list and copy that. You want to make it your own. You, you've got to make it your own because it is your bag and it's going to speak specifically to your situation and, and the seasons that you're talking about and, or that, you know, that you're considering and then also, you know, where, where you, where you are. Um, uh, and so that's, you know, that's, that's really important. And I always want to stress that out there. Uh, because the PDF, I put that PDF together, and I think it's very valuable because I want to know what people out there, people who write articles, people who are experts, people who are you know been been preparing for a long time, I want to know what what they believe 
you know, are, is important. And I want to know what's in their items, but I don't want to just copy that. I want to get some good ideas. You might find a great idea from someone that you weren't even thinking about, right? That might be one of the things that, that's very positive about this PDF is you, you bring it up and it's like, hey, all right, let me go ahead and uh, I see that this person put this. Uh, wow, I never even really thought about that. I wonder if that's relevant to my situation. And then you can do a little bit of research. Maybe if it's a piece of gear that you need to go get, go get that gear and you start practicing with it and building your skills on that and then add it to that kit, right? So, um, uh, uh, you know, a lot there. Like I said, I, I've been spending a lot of time putting this together, uh, looking over all of those, those uh, articles to make sure that I'm putting quality stuff up there, putting together this PDF, I even have a little video here at the uh, on this page just kind of uh, to, to set it all up. And uh, I've been getting some great feedback. So uh, I'm really pleased with this, really proud of it. I think, uh, you know, everybody has kits uh, that, that they're making in, in one way or the other. And uh, as we as we go in the next couple of weeks, I have some kits that I'm going to be, uh, you know, kits of my own that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, I'm even thinking about doing some Facebook Lives, uh, and, and if I do that, I might announce it ahead of time. So I might say like, hey, join me this Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time, whatever. I'm going to do a Facebook Live on my favorite kit. And uh, so, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. I, I think I'm going to be doing that here pretty soon. So uh, very excited, very excited about the feedback that I'm getting, and uh, I hope this is a real big blessing for y'all out there. So uh, go check that out. Where do I put my, uh, what do I put in my survival kit? Go check out that page. Go get the free PDF, and uh, you know, go. Uh, you can start evaluating your kits. If you haven't started a kit, uh, maybe this will be the thing that kind of gets you going, right? Uh, and gets you going, and you can make a EDC kit very, very easily. Uh, it's a lot of the times it's what you're carrying on your on your person. And anyway, I don't want to belabor all that, but anyway, go check that out. And uh, for our first article, I really I kind of want to segue from that, you know, where do I, what do I put in my kits to? I want to segue into this first article because I've actually been sitting on it for a while because I knew that I was going to release uh, the the kit link bomb and I was going to release the PDF, and so I've been sitting on this for just a little while longer than I normally would have. It's an article on uh, edthatmatters.com, so it's my website, but it was submitted by Tim Clifton. And uh, Tim has uh, at one point had his own website, and I think he's starting to get it up, to, uh, you know, up uh, to speed again. I think he's going to start releasing new articles, so I'm looking forward to that. But he uh, graciously submitted this article, uh, Bob's or Bug Out Bags, get it right from the beginning. I thought it was a great article, so like I said, I wanted to sit on it until the day that I released, uh, uh, you know, the Kit Link Bomb and the, the free PDF because it's uh, it's very relevant. All right, so it's a lot of good stuff here. So this is at edthatmatters.com. The article is called Bob's Get It Right From The Beginning. Let's go ahead and start reading. Bob's are one of the most talked about items in preparedness. Everyone has their own version of what is needed. A simple search of the web will provide you with a large number of items for you to pack. You will also find there are almost as many options for types and styles of bags to pack. In this world of information at your fingertips, it can sometimes be overwhelming. I remember back in the mid-80s when putting together my first pack with my father, most of my stuff was hand-me-down or second or third generation gear. My first pack was a military-style canvas fanny pack. I was so excited to get my pack going that I could not wait to try it out. The pack I had was to sustain me during extended search and rescue operations. All the gear was given to me or loaned to me from my father. His belief, as is mine, 
is to use good quality gear regardless if it's brand name or not. What matters is, will it hold up and will it work for the job? He once asked me, you want your butt hanging over a cliff on a shoestring? No, you have to use the right tools for the right job. This is one of the things that I find complicates things now. When we went to get a pack or something to go in our pack, there was no online searching for it. There weren't thousands of advertisements all claiming their knives is, a sharp, is so sharp it will cut you from five feet away. We drove to a shop and tried to find the best quality for the price. A good rule of thumb is to buy each item knowing it's a tool to be used. The name on the side will not save you in a bad situation. That said, never pack a tool or item in your bag you have not already used and proven to be worthy of your use and abuse. Questions to ask before you bug out with Bob. So let's look into the idea of the bug out bag. The idea behind this style bag is that you are bugging out, leaving where you are for a safer location. I'm going to read that sentence again because I think that's very, very important. So let's look into the idea of the bug out bag. The idea behind this style bag is that you are bugging out, leaving where you are for a safer location. Some place that is less dangerous than where you currently are. Now, some people have a bug out location and some have bug out vehicles. So the biggest factor in what gear to get and pack is what are you doing? Where are you going? And what do you think is going to cause you to have to bug out? If you think you may have to bug out because of a leak at the nuclear plant, how are you getting away? What is the distance you need to, to reach the safe zone? One major thing to consider when making any type of pack is weight. The average experienced hiker travels between 10 to 15 miles per day. So you take your 72 hour pack, three days walking 15 miles, you've made it 45 miles. Has that gotten you to the safe zone? If it hasn't, do you have enough to get you to your safe zone? You need to know where you're going and how long it will take you to get there. Don't wait till you're in an emergency situation to figure out your route. Plan it out and have maps with you. Include alternative routes in case yours is blocked. Three days of walking will wear most people out. Most people are not used to packing 40 pound miles, mile after mile. Once you have arrived at your safe place, are there materials enough to provide for you or are you still going to be operating out of your pack? Packing a heavy pack for days in a stressful event that will take a lot out of you. There are those that will push themselves to the limit too far, but when they do stop to rest or sleep, they do so for a lot longer than planned. Stress and fatigue will also cause you to do things that you normally would not like stopping to tie, not, not to do, sorry, uh, let me read that again. Stress and fatigue will also cure, cause you to do things you normally would not do, like stopping to tie your shoe and get a drink from your canteen, only to realize hours later you left it sitting beside the log you popped your foot on. When planning your bug out bag, plan your trip and be sure to include rest stops and sleeping locations. You need your rest so you don't make mistakes. Bug out bag pre-planning. Make sure the gear matches the most probable emergency for your area. Living in Kentucky, I don't normally do hurricane planning, nor do I think I'm ever going to have to worry about a storm surge. If I do, I have, a bigger pro I have bigger problems than my pack not having everything, like finding a very large wooden boat. I do have to worry about flash floods, tornadoes, pandemics, and winter storms. 
With this in mind, I pack appropriate items or gear to help me deal with the situations I may encounter. For example, I don't want the winter clothing weighing down my pack in the summer, so I pack accordingly. One of the most common mistakes people make is to make their bug out bag a camp bag as well. My dad had many packs, each designed with a specific purpose in mind. He had bags for everything he thought we might need. We had medical bags, low angle rescue, high angle rescue, and swift water rescue bags. While it is a great idea to have a bug out weekend camping trip to make sure your bug your bag will work for what you want it to, bugging out is not exactly the summer camping trip. Unless you're a through hiker, you're not going to be breaking down camp each morning and heading out for the day again. Most campers set up camp, stay the allotted time, then head home a day or two later. With a bug out bag, the camping aspect should be very limited. The purpose of bugging out is to get you out of the area so most of your time should be spent moving as opposed to sitting, setting up camp. The bug out bag, the essentials. You will want the basics. You need water, fire, shelter, and food. Everything beyond that is for comfort. No, I'm not knocking comfort. I like the comfort of a fire, the soft glow and the crackle of wood. Just the whiff of wood smoke on any given day transports my mind to a happier place. My body relaxes and some of the stress melts away. For me, many wonderful childhood memories are associated with campfires, good company, and even better stories. I am soothed by all of the senses associated with a campfire, so I normally have at least five different ways to start a fire. I also pack a water bladder as well as a water buffalo canteen. While they add a great deal in weight, it's less time I'm spending in one place to treat and or purify water. If I'm stopped, I'm eating or sleeping, not working on stuff. For shelter, if I take the time to do more than curl up by a tree, my shelter can be in place in under five minutes. Once again, my purpose is to get out of the area, so I'm not spending a lot of time to make a big fancy shelter or pitch a tent. Building a lean-to or wiki-up or debris hut takes time, and while they have their place, bugging out is, 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 not, is not it. In the food department, I pack finger foods for the most part. I want to be eating while I'm walking. I really don't want to set up and have to cook each meal. If I'm going to cook one, it's going to be when I've stopped to rest for the night. Cooking something quickly like oatmeal or rice, trail mix and energy bars or jerky are the traveling foods that I keep and are lightweight. While it's not the gourmet meals I like to eat while cooking out on an open flame, these serve the purpose for bugging out to keep my energy levels up while traveling. So with bug out bags, where are you going? What is it going to be like on the way there? How long is it going to take? What do you need to get there? Pick the gear you need to answer those questions and remember, knowledge is the best tool, easy to pack and lightweight. Alright, so uh, I think there's a great article there, um, a lot to consider. You know, a lot of the times when people start thinking about a bug out bag, they just they want like everything that they're ever, ever going to need. And then you wind up having a pack that's so heavy. Now, if you only put that pack on around your house and you, you put it on like, oh yeah, that's good. And uh, then you put it up for safekeeping, and then if you ever need it, you know, are able to bring it out, then you you really aren't uh, getting out there understanding how uh, how heavy that might be, and if you can really really manage it out there. You know, something that I've seen, I actually I've seen it in a uh, a bunch of different places here recently, is that if the poop hits the fan, really hits the fan, and people do bug out, there's going to be so many items out there because people have put, packed. 
you know, very heavy bug out bags. They're just going to be throwing it to the side because it's going to be so heavy. So I, I love this idea here is that you're, the bug out bag is to get you to a place. It's not to live out of, right? It is, it's not that I'm never coming home and, you know, I need, I need things that I'm never going to come back and retrieve uh, type situation. Um, this is to get you somewhere, to get you to a safer location. Now, many times you are going to be bugging out in your car, in your vehicle. Now, I do have links here uh, about uh, the bug out formula. If you have to ask yourself, it's too late. And then uh, I also have a link to uh, building the perfect bug out bag. It was a review um, by um, by uh, Creek Stewart over at uh, uh, Willow Haven uh, Outdoors. And uh, that's a great, I mean, if you're, if you're wanting to build a bug out bag, you need to get that, you need to get that book. I mean, that will walk you through it and he does a really good job there, but you need to make sure that you, you know, a lot of the times you are going to be bugging out, you are going to be bugging out by car, but if you do need to bug out with your bag, um, you need to make sure that you are capable of carrying it and you're able to, uh, you know, to go the long distance. A lot of people don't, wouldn't be able, he's talking about 15 miles here. People who are in good shape can travel 15 miles. Uh, people who aren't in good shape carrying a, a pack, man, that's going to be, like I said, uh, like I've seen, like I said that I've seen in different places, there's going to be a lot of packs strewn all over the, the, the forest floor because people are just going to be dropping them left and right because they're just too heavy. I like the idea of uh, you're not camping here. So you're not uh, you're not going a, a little ways and setting up camp and then breaking it down then setting it up and then, you know, going, going a few ways and a few miles down the road and then setting up camp. That's not the, that's not the point. Uh, I like the idea here is, you know, you, whatever, you might be building a fire, but your shelter is going to be just kind of laying, you know, uh, uh, very, very minimal uh, so that you can quickly break camp and get going. Uh, you're going to be eating finger foods. Make sure that you have some of those energy bars. Um, they have uh, bars that you can that you can eat uh, that are uh, it's a very like it's a cookie, but it's very dry coconut tasting cookie. So you really need some water to rush, uh, wash it down. But there's all kinds of things that you can have that uh, you're eating while you're walking because you don't want to be sitting down wasting a lot of time. You want to get to your to a safer location. So I love that advice there for uh, for those that are that are doing that. So if you do have if you're creating your bug out bag, um, make sure that you start practicing with it. You know, practicing with the, the items that you have there, and uh, that'll be good. Uh, and then again, go check out that uh, kit's link bomb, and you can uh, get some ideas. But again, make it your own. All right, our next article comes to us from uh, two of my favorite people in preparedness, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's website, doomandbloom.net. Uh, this article is not medical uh, related, though. I mean, that's most of their articles are medical related. This one is uh, is, is specifically dealing with uh, the active shooter situation in Las Vegas, and uh, I think this was interesting. So uh, the article is not too long, but I know there's there's a lot of new people listening to this podcast, uh, a lot of new preppers, and so uh, if this this uh, article is going to cover something that uh, is very important when it comes to the world of preparedness and survival and self-reliance. Uh, and so I, I really want to, uh, I really wanted to, to touch on this today. Uh, at the very end of this article, he does a little transcript of, uh, of the, ra the radio transcript of the active shooters, I guess the police and stuff that were going back and forth. 
Uh, and so I'm not going to read that. Um, actually, you know what? I am going to read that. It's a, Well, it's a lot. No, I'm not going to read it. I, I looked at it earlier and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. It's not a lot, um, but it is, it is a whole lot. Okay, so I'm not going to read that. I'm going to link to it so you can go check it out. Um, it, it is a, it is a lot, but it's, you know, it's interesting there. Okay. I might read, I might read a little bit just to kind of wet your, wet your appetite and then you can go check it out. Uh, Ty, come on, uh, get with it. All right, here we go. So the article is entitled, why do active shooters succeed? All right. This is again over at doomandbloom.net. You might associate armed attacks with wars or survival scenarios, but they can occur in normal times as well. The recent mass shooting at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas is a reminder that in these toxic times, no one is safe from those with bad intentions. It's hard to read the news without seeing reports of the latest mass shooting by terrorists, the deranged, the disgruntled, and in the shooting in Las Vegas, people with no apparent motivation at all. Few believe that they could possibly wind up in the crosshairs of a gunman's sight, but it can happen anytime at anywhere. Why do they seem to succeed so often, and what would be your response to the active shooter? Many of the concertgoers in Las Vegas were victims of what we call normalcy bias. That's the tendency for people to believe everything follows a pattern and that the day will proceed normally because, well, it usually does. It's a natural response for most and is reinforced by the rarity of mass casualty incidents. But when a shooter event breaks that pattern, the unprepared brain takes time to process the situation. People think that the sound of gunfire is instead a burst of firecrackers, a blown tire, or anything less threatening than an assassin out to kill them. This pause leads to a type of paralysis that was worsened in Las Vegas by the readily availability of alcohol. By the time good judgment came into play, many were already victims. Given the circumstances, the rapid action of Las Vegas law enforcement is to be commended. Remarkable, in fact. Police were receiving multiple false reports that made it appear that there were multiple shooter events in a half dozen casinos. There was even a car with wires sticking out of the trunk at New York, New York's casino valet that was thought to represent a bomb. Listening to police radio communications during the event, it's amazing that such a coherent response was possible. Note, you may be interested to hear what was said on the radio. If so, you'll find a partial transcript of the first hour or so of the event at the very bottom of this page. All right, so most citizens indeed believe that the good people of law enforcement and homeland security are always right there. While these agencies do the best they can to counter situations like this, most mass shooting events end so quickly. The Orlando nightclub shooting is an exception that the chances are slim that help will be immediately at hand. It took just one 31-second period for the Las Vegas gunman to shoot 280 rounds and possibly just 9 to 11 minutes, according to Las Vegas police, before he ended his own life. Without a plan of action, the average person follows the herd. If 50 people around you, or in Las Vegas, 22,000, drop to the floor, your natural tendency is to do the same. Cowering in fear or in plain view of the shooter, however, is a recipe for a very bad outcome. By having a plan before a shooting event occurs, you'll have a better chance of getting out of there in one piece. There are things you should be thinking about calmly and rationally. Whenever you're in a crowd, it may seem extreme to have to consider such options, but the headlines suggest otherwise. This relaxed vigilance is called situational awareness. 
a concept first put forth by a military pilot to pertain to dogfights, but which has special importance today for the average citizen. The standard recommendation and order by the Department of Homeland Security is run, hide, fight. In the case of the Mandalay Bay shooter, the distance between the shooter and his targets effectively precluded the ability to fight. So running away from the kill zone and or hiding in buildings and vehicles saved lives. Situationally aware concert goers were saved by a high index of suspicion and hopefully a low blood alcohol level when the bullet started flying. If you're inside, know where the exits are. If you're outside, know the nearest route away from the area or reasonable nearby shelters. Know who near know who's near you or appears nervous or suspicious. If you're in a crowd, stay in the periphery, not center stage. Assume that the sounds of gunshots are gunshots, not firecrackers. Know the direction the gunshots are coming from and head the other way. Primed for a possible emergency, you'll decrease the chance of becoming a victim. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But in this era of people immersed in their smartphones, few are situationally aware. In the old days, this might result in a bump on the head from walking to a lamppost. Today, the results can be tragic. Don't be the soft target that assassins look for. Remain situationally aware at all times and decide how important it is for you to be in the midst of large crowds. Perhaps it was once paranoia, but in these uncertain times, it's more like common sense. All right. Um, very, very important article, and I really wanted to talk about that normalcy bias because I think it, it affects a lot of people. And like I said, I think there's a lot of there's there there are a lot of new uh, people into preparedness following this podcast, and maybe you've never heard the term before, normalcy bias. And so it's this idea again, like uh, Dr. Bones was saying here, is that everything follows this pattern. Everything it just it, it makes sense, right? And so you hear uh, you hear gunshots and you think they're firecrackers or or something along those lines. You know, you just think it's like, oh yeah, there's nobody would be shooting a gun. Come on, who does that? You know, where are we at? We're not in some you know uh, uh, second you know second class nation or something. You know, with revolutions always you know going uh, you know taking over and all that kind of stuff. And so it's very hard to imagine those kinds of things uh, you know happening. But you need to be thinking about that. You know, we started talking about that on the Facebook group. It's like, hey, do you um, do you consider you know not going around places because of large groups? And a lot of people were like, yeah, I don't I don't go to large groups. I don't I don't purposely go to. I can't believe there was twenty two thousand people here. Um, I mean, in the article, Dr. Bone said in the case of Las Vegas, but I guess you know there was it was it was a big concert, um, and that's crazy. But um, yeah, so you know, do you are you going to go to big concerts and and big events and things like that where things can break down? A lot of people said no, they're they're not going to do that. Um, they're going to instead, you know, choose to choose to stay home or or you know whatever, watch it on TV or or whatever, or just not go. Um, some people were saying, hey, well, you just uh, I'm not going to change my life because of uh, because of fear because of that. Uh, but if I do go, I am going to be aware, kind of exactly like what Dr. Bones was saying here. Uh, I am going to be aware. I'm going to know where the exits are. I'm going to be paying attention. And um, so, I, and, and I've got to admit, times where I've been in big crowds, um, I do. You know, my, my senses are heightened a little bit. And so I'm paying attention to what what's going on around me. And that's the way you should. But sometimes um, you don't get to always enjoy everything because you are paying attention so much. 
So, you know, all things that you should kind of weigh out there. Um, you know, he talked about people drinking and stuff like that and, and not being uh, able to really think things through. You know, someone said get down and actually um, there was video. I did watch. I did. I haven't looked into this. Okay, so there's so much stuff out there and a lot of conspiracy and a lot of, you know, people are sending me things all the time. And I just, I, I did not look into it, like uh, really get into it. Um, so there's just a lot of uh, a lot of things, and even it's in the mainstream media where uh, the police and the and the uh, the hotel are disagreeing on time frames and different things like that, right? Um, so there's there's a, a a lot of things going on, but I did see one video where someone was yelling "Get down, get down!" Now that would be the right thing to do, I guess, if bullets were flying at you from you know, horizontally. Um, you would want to try to get down low and, and, and get moving, but the bullets were coming from up top. Now, it could have been that people didn't know that. It could have been that uh, people didn't realize where, where the shots were coming from. They just saw people shot and, and bleeding and stuff. Um, but you don't want, you know, when the, when the bullets are coming from the top, you don't want to just lay down. You know, this guy was just spraying, right? Uh, you want you want to get out. You want to you know run, hide, fight. You want to run as as fast as you can and get out of there. And so uh, you know, Dr. Bones' advice: stay on the periphery. You know, uh, staying on the edges so that if you needed to make a quick getaway, you could make a quick getaway. Uh, that was kind of important there. So uh, good advice. But be thinking about that, you know, because you're, maybe your eyes are starting to wake up to the, to the crazy world that we're in. And we, don't, we never want to prepare. We never want to live this life in fear. That's not the, that's not the way that we, we want to choose to live our lives. We want to be able to, uh, you know, to, to survive. We want to be able to thrive. We want to be able to experience all life has for us, right? Um, but, you know, a little bit of common sense and, and putting some of these things in place having some plans, knowing ahead of time, hey, what would I do if an emergency broke out here? And not just an emergency, but let's say you're at a concert and what, what if a fire breaks out, you know? Uh, it doesn't have to be a terrorist event. What if the fire goes out? What if the electricity completely goes out and, and no one, you know, everybody has their cell phones, but do you know where the exits are, the, an idea of where the exits are so that you can get out? So those are always things to, uh, to think about. All right, so I'm going to read a little bit of this transcript to, uh, to just kind of whet your appetite, and you can go check that out. Okay, so uh, here we go. We got shots fired. Sounds like an automatic firearm. Anyone have eyes on the shooter? It's coming from up there. It's coming from Mandalay Bay. I see shots coming from Mandalay Bay halfway up. We have multiple 415, which means assault battery with a gun. Do we have surge? We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the fairgrounds. Just advising, there are people down on stage left. Dispatch. We now have an open line with a female saying there is a shooting. Control, that is correct. Shots fired from Mandalay Bay. There's many people down. Stage left. Just be advised. If anyone covering southwest corner between Mandalay Bay and the venue, I need eyes. Somebody in the CP. Can you tell me where it's coming from? Dispatch. We're hearing it from Mandalay Bay. I'm at Mandalay Bay and the boulevard. I need five officers on me. We have multiple casualties. GSWs in the medical tent, multiple casualties. Be advised, shots are coming from gate 7. We have a rifle deployed. We're in front of Mandalay Bay. We're trying to see where shots are coming from. If anyone can advise if they're coming from Mandalay. Dispatch, it sounds like it's either Mandalay or Luxor. We cannot tell. We need the boulevard shut down at Russell northbound right now. 
I'll shut it down. I'm coming back that way. It's coming from like the 50th or 60th floor north of the Mandalay Bay coming out of a window. Seeing multiple flashes in the middle of Mandalay Bay on the north side, kind of on the west tower towards the center of the casino, like one of the middle floors. All right, so you can uh, you just kind of get excited just kind of reading it, and, and maybe you're getting excited just kind of listening to it. It's like, wow, uh, knowing that this is going back and forth. Uh, and, and definitely they weren't going back and forth the way that I was reading it, but uh, it must have been a, a crazy, crazy scene when you're on there, you know, and kudos to our, you know, our cops get a, a bad rap a lot of the times. Now there's some bad apples out there. There definitely, you'd see the videos. There are some guys out there that should not be cops and really other cops should be speaking out against those cops and should be, you know, making those, those guys, uh, you know, pushing those guys out. Um, but you know, a lot of the times, uh, cops are, are, are the, they're the good guys. They're trying to help out. They're trying to do the right thing. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's that thing where it's just, the, the world is crazy. And so, uh, your, um, your allegiance, you know, your loyalty kind of gets pulled because you know that there's bad cops, but you know that most of them are good cops and they're doing the right thing and, uh, and all that, you know? And so, um, these guys, you know, kudos to these guys for, for finally getting to this, uh, to this guy and getting him. I mean, he ended his own life, but, uh, you know, he had cameras up. And he knew that people were uh, were on their way and they were in the hallway and stuff like that. So uh, he, he took himself out um, good before he did any damage to anybody else. But nevertheless, the same, uh, the, the advice is, is the same for everything, for all of our lives, you know. Um, even here in our area, I live in the suburb of Houston. And so around July, uh, July the 4th, people start popping off fireworks and the fireworks stands open up. Uh, like two weeks beforehand, so people start p uh, firing off fireworks ahead of time. And one of the things you start hearing them, and like everything kind of stops, and you just like you start paying attention, and, and you realize, okay, those are really fireworks, you know. Um, and then there's other times where you hear, you know, a boom, 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 and it's not, and you're like, whoa, that that was not a firework, you know, that was that was a gun. I don't know where that was coming from. I don't know, if, you know, uh, people have reported that. Uh, you know, in the past, and uh, so you you always want in your in your everyday life you want to be uh, you know situationally aware of what's going on when you're driving, when you're at work, when you're at a restaurant, you know, at the kids' games, wherever. And it's not again, it's not just terrorism. It's not just all that kind of. It's just everyday things can happen, and the world is a crazy, crazy place. And uh, that's why we prepare. That's why we, we think thing, these things through so uh, we can, you know, pay attention to, uh, you know, our lives and make sure that we are taking care of the best way possible. So we don't fear, but we're able to live our lives um, the way that we need to live our lives. All right. So uh, that's it for the Monday podcast. Hey, don't forget to go over to the Prepper website podcast and click on the link of what do I put in my survival kit or it's going to be in your show notes. Go check out the kit link bomb and make sure you get that free PDF. Nine experts share their top seven kit items. Uh, you know, I'm really, uh, really excited about all of this. And uh, hopefully, like I said, it'll be a big blessing to everyone. Hey, if you get a chance, come over to episode 169. Drop me a line in the comment section. Tell me what you thought of, uh, of the, the episode today. Or if you would uh, like, you can always hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I always love to, uh, to get feedback from you guys. 
All right, so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.